What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Base Hitball 4. My name is Glenn Zinegris with Tyler Blumenstick, Alex Cashman, and Scott Roswald. It's opening day, finally. We don't need to wait all the way until July like last year when the season was delayed. We actually get a normal April opening day, and that is today. All the teams, obviously, all the teams playing today on you know the first day of the season we got a little sidetracked so we got three divisions to cover we're going to go through our season predictions we're going to go give out awards and we're going to at the end um, give out our world series predictions so it's going to be exciting day we'll start with the al central now the al central is really interesting because you got an up-and-coming team in the white Sox that everyone's pegged as the favorite in that division you got a team that's been kind of the gatekeeper of that division for a while now in Cleveland. No Francisco Lindor, um, but you know they and no Coy Kluber for the last couple of years. But they still have the reigning Cy Young winner in Shane Bieber. They have uh, Zach Plesac. They still have some arms in there to go along with Rosario and Jimenez, the guys they got back in the Lindor trade. You got teams that are going to be uh, a little bit of a rebuild in the Tigers, who have a new manager. You have the Royals that are a team that a team that's everybody's kind of high on maybe a little sleeper in Kansas city. Uh, the fifth team is completely, um, I'm getting completely the blanking. Tigers? The, the twins, the twins, the twins are a team that's always around the playoffs, but they never actually win in the playoffs. I think they've lost what 17 straight playoff games, 14 of them, 15 of them against the Yankees dating back to 2003. So when we talk about who's going to challenge the Yankees, in the American League, the team with the next best odds to win the pennant is the White Sox, and that's where we'll start. They didn't have, you know, great news with Aloy Jimenez, who's going to be out for the majority of the season, but might be back towards the end of the summer into the fall. They have a really good rotation led by Lucas Giolito. They bring back Tony. They bring back Tony Larusa, who was their manager back in the '80s, where whenever it was, just decades ago. Um, they have Tim Anderson. They have the reigning MVP in Jose Abreu. Um, they brought in Liam Hendricks to shore up that bullpen. This is a really, really good team and a team that everyone kind of thinks will be the biggest challenge for the Yankees on the field. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I mean, jumping a little bit ahead for me, I I, I think they're my favorite. Um, I, I really like this team. I think obviously Jimenez going down with the torn peck is, is huge for them. He's a big bat in the middle of their lineup. Um, but if he can come back and be a factor at the end of the year, um, I think that's huge for them. They they have a good pitching staff. Lucas G Lito is getting a lot of um, Cy Young award buzz for this year. Plus they got the reigning MVP in Jose Abreu, a very underrated player across the league. Um, so I, I like the White Sox a lot. I think they're going to make a lot of noise this year. I agree completely. I already have the bet in. I want to check to make sure, but I think I already have the bet in for them to win this division. Um, they just really feel like a complete baseball team. It just, I, I can't really put a finger on it. Like they have all the talent. I could run you down the roster. I mean, we've already done it. Glenn did it. Scott, you did it a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, a weak division and they're a very solid all around baseball team. I just feel like they've been adding and adding and adding over the past couple of years. And then this is what you got. So let's see it. Ash, what do you think about Chicago? I think they're going to be, they're going to be good. I mean, they're young, so they got, well, they're young and they're not, I don't, they got a nice mix. Yeah. 
They're good. I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud here, as as I tend to do. Um, no, I, I think they're going to be very good. And, you know, a quick shout-out to my buddy A.J. Gill. He's starting in camp tomorrow with the White Sox, so best of luck with him, uh, for him. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to see his name out there one day. The White Sox, you know, they made the playoffs last year. They won game one of the wildcard series against the A's, and then it fell apart after that. And they lost in game three. A's went on to go the division series, but they lost the Ashes. If there's one kind of weakness to the White Sox, would you say that, A, we haven't seen them be successful in a full 162 when they were successful last year, obviously, in a 60-game schedule, but, but you know, so were teams like the Marlins or the Blue Jays. And, two, down the stretch, that lack of pennant race experience, aside from, you know, a season last year when there was no fans and basically half the league make the playoffs, would you say that weakness would be the lack of experience they have in a pennant race? I don't think so. Uh, I think they have guys, I mean, they have Dallas Keuchel, who's been there, done that, uh, to lead their rotation-wise. They go out and they get Liam Hendricks to, you know, close up the back end of the bullpen. For me, their weakness is their their lineup depth like if like if another guy were to go down like if tim anderson goes down jose abreu goes down yo mancada goes down like i don't really trust what they have behind their current guys like they have leori garcia now scheduled to play left field like he's not really anything to write home about that that's where my concern is i'm concerned about everybody in baseball this year just going from 60 to 162, like injuries, I think are going to play a factor this year. So I do think depth might hold them back, if anything. Yeah, I mean, I was about to knock on that point, as well as the four and five spot of their rotation. Uh, Dylan Cease, who I picked up in fantasy today, um, he had a really good last outing, I believe. I think he fanned 10 over four and a half or five or four and two. Yeah, he had a five really innings. good outing. Something like that. Um, and Carlos Rodon. Um, serviceable major leaguers, and C showed flashes of like being able to actually sustain himself in the major leagues. He just has a little bit of control issues that hopefully he gets under control. Um, but if the back end of that rotation, and I would even throw Dallas Keuchel and Lance Lynn in there. like They're older guys. Lance Lynn showed that he's still got it last year, two years ago. Um it's just a matter of his age getting up there and if he can keep doing it. And the same thing with Keiko. So really behind Giolito, I have four question marks, but some more than others, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they got they got a lot oh. to prove. They got a lot to prove, but I do think that they can make a run at it. I mean, uh, it's the big question mark is health, obviously, as Scott pointed to it. I mean, going from 60 to 162 is not going to be easy um, for anybody. So everyone's got to be smart about it. Um, looking at DraftKings right now, with the odds to win the AL pennant, the Yankees are at plus 230. The White Sox are second best at plus 380. So obviously this is what Vegas thinks are the top two teams in the, Ameri- in the American League. If these two teams would match up in a potential ALCS, what do you think head-to-head? Who do you have at given – who has the advantage in a short series, in a seven-game series between those two teams in your opinions? In the ALCS? Yeah. 
I mean, what do you mean by short series? Because I feel like that's important because that's how well, many times I, certain guys go. Well, short series could seven games could be. Well, it's a short series, you know. But that's like, actually the longest series you could. But it, it's have. still it's still a short. <laughs> I think series. we should like, change not... to an eighteen game series for the ALCS. I don't in I, a in a playoff series, Jesus guys! Oh my God, I really hate you guys today. In a playoff series, whether it be best of five, best of seven, do you give the edge to the Yankees and White Sox if you're putting them head to head? It's got to be the Yankees. I don't know. I think they're really, really close. I think that the AL is so much more open than the NL is. Um, I don't. I I don't see many differences. Do you though? Them. Do you think a team outside Yankees and the White Sox could win the American League? I'm just like I don't think the Yankees and White Sox are that like far ahead. I don't know. I just like I I think the Yankees have question marks in their rotation, just like the White Sox do, and the the Yankees are going to have health questions, just like any other team, if not more than any other team. Um, I I don't know. I I think it's a coin flip between the two of them, and I just like the White Sox better. So I'm going to counter Scott real quick. And Glenn, you posed the question saying, how did the two teams match up against each other? So naturally, I'm going to go look at the matchups. And the top three guys in the Yankee starting rotation, right-hander Garrett Cole, right-hander Corey Kluber, right-hander Jamison Tyon. And you look at the White Sox, you have right-hander Lucas Giolito, left-hander Dallas Keuchel, and you're probably going to get right-hander Lance Lynn. You get the lefty in there, Keuchel, and I think the Yankees can hit around Lance Lynn. Um, Yankees are pretty right-handed, but they have the left-handed balance. So I just feel like that game where the Yankees right-handed lineup that we've been pissed off about because they built a stadium with a porch for left-handers and they've ran a right-handed lineup out there. I mean, this one game would probably be a difference maker, I guess, if you had to analyze a series as opposed to, I mean, you would think by that time, by the time they play each other in the playoffs, Severino will be back into the top three. That's a fair point, hope. but then again, I could see Kluber having a great year, and he's a guy that's had postseason experience before. You can't mm-hmm. take him out. If Jameson Tyon is good, he's in there. But then again, it's a seven-game series. you got to win four, so you need four guys. I don't know. The Yankees are just very right-handed, and the White Sox, I mean, looking back to last year and the year before, are teams that I look to bet on when they're facing left-handers, not right-handers. So not that they can't hit righties, but just matchup-wise. Well, the White Sox like are right-handed, if I'm not mistaken, as well, right? The White Sox are very right-handed as well, right, Scott? Yes, they're facing lefties. So if the Yankees can throw, you know, Britain in October, he'll be back. Wilson, he'll be back by October. And then Chapman, you got three devastating lefties to neutralize that lineup. In the playoffs, you just need your starters to go five well, They're right-handed. Six. They're not left-handed. Right Those guys can get right. both out. They yeah. can get both Correct. Out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think they're close. I, I, I just don't. I don't it think it wouldn't surprise big... you either way is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't I just don't think there's that big of a difference between the two. I would also agree with that. I just feel like if you gotta lean it, you gotta lean towards the Yanks. Uh I agree. Cash got the same thing? I do. I have the same thing. All right. Let's talk about a team that's much more polarizing because they've made the playoffs a bunch of times, but they never win. And that's the Minnesota Twins. So made the playoffs last year. They got what many people thought was going to be a cakewalk in just a beleaguered and just done Houston team limped into the playoffs under 500, and they got swept at home. That you know pr- that was preceded by them getting swept by the Yankees the year before, losing in the wild card games to the Yankees in 17, and then in 2010 they got swept by the Yankees, and in 2004 they lost to the Yankees, and then in 2003 they lost to the Yankees. This team is just allergic to October baseball, 
And should they come if, if should they return to the playoffs this year? Scott was mentioning before that the AL is kind of wide open. Uh, this is where I think the drop off and the gap between the Yankees and the White Sox is. I think there's it's Yankees, White Sox, big gap, and then teams like the Twins and the Blue Jays because they're just such an unknown when you get to October. Minnesota especially because they just simply cannot win in October when everything seems to be going for them. They still get swept at home. So no matter what the twins can do in the regular season, it, it, it really is a moot point because everyone's just going to expect them to fail in the, in, in the postseason. Well, they can expect all they want, but it's their job to prove them wrong. But at the same time, there's gotta be some sort of th- thought process that goes on in the thins, thins in the twins locker room that says something needs to change. You can win in the regular season all you want, and we see it with the Yankees that, you know, their fans, are, we're frustrated. You win in the regular season every year, that's great. If you don't win in the postseason, it doesn't matter. Um, and, yeah, their, their postseason losing streak is pretty impressive, if I, if I do say so myself. Any kind of streak that long in baseball is great. Uh, they're on the wrong side of it. But um, my point is they, there are still other teams that have – they figured something out. Like they got something right because they seem to make the playoffs every year. They don't win, but I mean, there are plenty of teams that make the playoffs every year and don't win. They just haven't won a series. So they won a game in a series. Right. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. So I don't know. They, they figured something out. Um, and it, there needs to be some sort of internal conversation of, Hey, what are we going to do when, and if we make the playoffs, we, we, we need to win a game. Yeah, they're they're kind of like one of those middling teams in like the NBA that kind of just find it acceptable to make the playoffs every year and not do anything, and they think it's better than being bad. Um, Which is true; it is better than being bad. In some cases, at some point, you do want to end up being a team that competes. You can't just sit in the middle for your entire life. Of course not. But would you rather be the twin a Twins fan or a Pirates fan? I don't. The Pirates were in the playoffs and making noise. Not too long ago, like they're they're rebuilding towards that. Obviously, right now, I'd rather be a, a Twins know. fan. I mean, obviously, they figured something out. They know how to win games in the regular season, and I do agree with you, Scott. Obviously, they need to figure it out come October. But I'm just saying, you know, I would rather at least they have some sort of direction. You know, they they do go out there and they spend money to get free agents, and they do draft well, and you know, they have some sort of core, and their management seems to at least know what they're doing. Um, but there's just some some kind of disconnect in October. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I I just don't. I like their offense. They're they're gonna hit. They're gonna score runs. Like it's still a potent lineup with Sano and Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton's finally taking that step as an offensive player. Um, but like pitching wise, I feel like they just like have a a large supply of guys that can somewhat pitch but can't really pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what holds them back. Like they brought in your guys' favorite lefty in Jay Happ. Um, oh brother, that guy stinks. They have two it's, leftovers. They got Michael Pineda on the roster too. Like, I'm looking at their rotation right now. Very underwhelming. Almost like how we talked a few weeks ago about the Angels' rotation. They have, as Scott said perfectly, they have guys that you know could pitch or can pitch, but not. They're not going to like scare you. They're not yeah. scaring any lineup in the American League. They it's led by Ma- Ma- Maeda. You got Jose Barrios, Michael Pineda, Matt Shoemaker, Jay Happ. 
that's not a rotation that's gonna you know scare you in October. And when you get Jose Barrios had one really good year. I remember that. Yeah, he's got all the talent in the world, but like hasn't really hasn't put it together. And and if they make it to the playoffs, let's say they get a wild card, right? Let's just let's say the White Sox win the division, the Twins sneak into the wild card, and you got to face lineups like the Yankees and the White Sox and maybe even the Astros or whoever else makes the the Blue Jays if they get the second wild card. That's those are lineups that the Twins rotation that I don't think match up well against. So I think that you know the lack of just that shutdown ace is going to be that that's going to be what does them does them in in October if they, should they make it? Yeah, absolutely, that, and that's what did them in last year in the postseason. They they didn't pitch. They they scored a little bit, but you know they had a couple leads in those games against the Astros, and the Astros came roaring right back and you know swept them out of there. And I mean. They just they don't they just don't do anything for me whatsoever. I, I really think like this white the division is the White Sox and then it's everyone else. I wouldn't count the twins out. I take it back. I'm so I couldn't say that seriously. <laughs> Wait, I, but the lineup's good though. Sign? The lineup can you can slug your way to 90 wins with this lineup in the American League. A lot of bad teams, right? You got Garver, you got Sano, you got Polanco, Donaldson, Simmons they brought in from Los Angeles. Um Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Nelson Cruz, DH. That's going to score some. That's going to score a lot of runs. And yeah, you if you're talking about if you're talking about making the playoffs, yeah, the Twins could probably make the playoffs. Um, but you know, pitching is going to be the difference between moving on and going home in October, and that's where I feel like the Twins are going to fall short. Yeah, and you just don't know when Nelson Cruz is just going to cease to like play base like. He's 42, 43. Like he's he old. will never not be at, good. At some point, it's gonna leave him. He will he, always swing it. And <laughs> if he hopes, makes contact, it's gonna go full. You hope so, but eventually at some point it's I don't gonna know. go. That's gonna go. so much fun to play with in the show. <laughs> it's gonna PCI go. has to be like this big. It's gonna go. And he still point. mashes. It's gonna go. It, it, you can't expect him to keep hitting 40 home runs a year. Watch it. Watch it happen. <laughs> Let's move on to the Cleveland Indians. Uh, made the playoffs last year. Got swept by the Yankees in the wild card series at home. Um, they've made the playoffs, you know, I think if I'm at the time I had three of the last four years. Uh, they obviously went to the World Series in 2016. Um, this is a new look Indians team because obviously they lost their best player, Francisco Lindor, getting traded to the Mets. They bring in um, Jimenez and uh, Rosario in that to kind of patch that up. Um, they're led by ace Shane Bieber. Then Zach Plesak, Aaron Cheval, Logan Allen, Tristan McKenzie, no Clevenger. They traded him to San Diego. He's going to be out for the year anyway. Um, their lineup, you got Perez, the catcher. He's been there forever. Jake Bowers, Cesar Hernandez. Um, Josh Naylor, someone who really burst on the scene in those two playoff games. He's going to be there. Um, are the Indians a team that can still make noise in this division, or do you think that this is the beginning of the end for that team? I'm going to say yes. They're both. And this is coming. <laughs> no, I'm going to say yes, they can make noise because I'm looking at this roster now and I'm like really breaking it down, like fully healthy. And given the fact that they pitch well, because they have a young pitching rotation, um, Shane Bieber established himself, but I, we still need to see more from Shane Bieber. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like he had a really good year and he's shown that he's deserving of being a top five top 10 pitcher in the league but 
I don't know. It's been a short, short year. Sample yeah. Size. yeah. And he only yeah. played the, he only played the central divisions, which were the if, two worst. If we're going to, if we're going to question Trevor Bowers, Cy Young from last year, you kind of have to question Bieber's because he pitched against all the same guys. Yeah. I mean, you got police behind him, Aaron Savali, and then Tristan McKenzie and Logan Allen behind him. So young guys, um, and the bullpen was good in their world series run. And it's just kind of went completely downhill since then. Um, but this is, it's all just dependent on young guys taking the next step and then bonding as a cohesive team. And I feel like they can do it, especially if the White Sox don't live up to expectations because the, the Indians are going to have their crack at the White Sox 19 times. So they can best them, especially if for whatever reason we find out that they match up well against them and they see the pitchers well and whatever. So I don't know. I think the key to them is, uh, is Jose Ramirez. You know, yeah. we're, we're talking about, or we're not us in general, but Francisco Lindor is sitting here saying he's worth $400 million to the Mets. Jose Ramirez puts up identical numbers to Francisco Lindor. And I think he gets forgotten about because he kind of goes into these slumps where he disappears. But then when he gets hot, he's as good as a hitter as anybody in this league. Um, so if he can kind of carry them this year all year long, and then if uh, Andre Semenes can, you know, take that step, he showed flashes with the Mets last year. Um, they'd have, you know, some nice guys up the middle. Um, I don't know. I think they'd leave a lot to, you know, want. Um, Alfield's kind of weak. Eddie Rosario is fine. Right now it looks like they have Ben Gamble projected to start in center, um, who he's kind of a replacement player at this point. I know Ty likes him. He's got his, you know, his baseball. That was so fun. I wasn't going to uh, say it. I feel like I've said it on two episodes already. <laughs> and I don't know that they just, they're kind of just blah. I I'm in the, the state that they should kind of blow it up and start over, but that's not what they do. And well, Lindor's one guy and we know anything about baseball. We know that it's not like basketball or football where one guy's going to make a huge difference. So this team could still be a playoff team without Lindor. Am I right? Cash or am I wrong? Without a doubt, you're right. Um, Ooh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that's on recording. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> oh, we did that. I'm glad sounded, I baited you into that. That sounded horrible, coming off the tongue. But no, I mean it's the truth. Um, you know, as you said, the 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 Angels suck, and they got the best player in the world. You know, um, the Mets will stink, and they got a good shortstop for this year. Um, I don't think the Indians are good though. I, I have not seen enough from Shane Bieber um, for him for to tell me that he's an ace for the coming for the future of the league or for the team. Um, and Scott, I don't know what it is, but I also kind of forget about Jose Ramirez. I I don't think obviously he's good. He puts up good numbers, but I don't trust him. Yeah, he he's obviously I'm not the only one, but I don't know. Yeah, I I just think there's there's just a lot to want, and I think you guys are right about Bieber. Like he he showed a ton last year, and if he can do it again, great. We're all wrong, but like he he still hasn't been a full he hasn't been a number one ace for a full season yet. Um, if he does it, awesome. That's great for them, great for the organization. But they're kind of just stuck in the middle. They're they're Cle- they're a Cleveland sports team where. Things are just miserable there, and that's just kind of the way it is. And every once in a while, you have a good year, 
and you get really excited, but I think the rest of your life is uh, pretty awful. Yeah. Let's um quickly, because we have two other divisions to do after this. Let's quickly do Royals Tigers. Um, I think the Royals could surprise teams. I don't think they're there yet. I think they're a little bit behind, let's say, what the Blue Jays trajectory is, like a couple years behind where they are. Um, I think that their future is much more bright than, say, what the Tigers are. I think the Tigers are a long time from now. I think the Royals in the next couple of years could show progress enough where they can compete for the division. Um, but I just don't think it's that this year. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, they have bats. I think they're going to hit a little bit, but their pitching is a little bit behind. Um, and they're younger pitchers. So if like they, they continue to develop next couple of years, they, they could be a threat again in this division. Um, I think they're going to miss Mondesi, who just went on the, uh, the IL to start out the year um, at shortstop. So they are going to miss him. Um, hopefully Andrew Benatendi has a nice bounce back year um, in a bigger ballpark where he can kind of slap things around and not try and hit home runs like he was doing in Boston. But yeah, they're not there yet. They're, they're, they're not, I don't get the, all the hype around them. Yeah. They stink. Yeah. I mean, one <laughs> note on the Royals, I have nothing on the Tigers, but when I was putting the interactive guide together, um, the Royals ranked, above the Yankees in my composite score and the rest of the rankings made sense. So like, I don't know. Oh, hammer like, the Royals. You're saying there's either two situations here. Either the Royals have the potential to be like a really sneaky team offensively this year. And Scott said it and I don't know, or the other side of it is my composite ranking is wrong. And, <laughs> or, and the formula is bogus, but both are possible, but the rest of the rankings truly did seem like they made sense and they could, it seems realistic except for the fact that the Royals were ranked a lot higher than they were supposed to be. So keep an eye on them. I don't really know what that means, but I'm interested to see if I uh, struck gold here in predicting little Cinderella offensive teams. I mean, cash, you should love them. They play small ball. They steal bases. Like, no, I do like the Royals. (laughs) I I like, I like watching the Royals. I just don't think they're very good. Okay. Like outside of Jorge Soler, no one hits home runs on that team. So if, if me, if me saying, and whoever's listening and they and they bet on sports, I'm telling you right now, the Royals are not very good. I would take the Royals to win the division because I'm on the biggest cold streak in my life. So me saying the Royals <laughs> suck means that they're going to have a phenomenal year. Um, and uh, take 2015 all over again. And Cash, I assume you have nothing on Detroit. Uh, <laughs> like literally, like, can we just skip it? Like, you want to talk about AJ it? Hinch? It's, it's I dark there. I'm not getting into it. Okay. National League East. This is he's probably going to be he's a cheater. He's a fucking cheater. I, I can All make right, one good point about the Tigers. The rotation is interesting to say the least. Yeah. It, it could they be have, really good. They have young talented arms. I, yeah. I, I like Matt Boyd. I actually took him in both of our, my fantasy leagues that I'm playing in high strikeout guy walks a ton of people, uh, but they also got uh, Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal. Mm-hmm. Um, that are going to make some noise. Um, I kind of hope they bring up Spencer, Spencer Torkelson this year and let him play. He was the first overall pick last year mm-hmm. um, just to see what he is. Um, and they have like one of the best stories of spring training in a guy named Akil Badu, who's absolutely hitting the cover off the baseball, um, was a rule five pick who's going to get a lot of playing time. But yeah, there, there's nothing going on in Detroit right now, uh, maybe in a few years, but. I guess one more thing. Miguel Cabrera yeah. is what 13 home runs away from 500 and Oh, is he really? 
he's 13 away from 500 and he's like 130 hits away from 3000 hits. So he'd become the seventh player in MLB history to achieve those milestones. You can get them all this year. So that's what we're watching for in Detroit is that. Do we all have Chicago winning this division? I think so. I got my money on it, Glenn. All right, cool. Oh, needed to happen. Cash, you got Chicago? Yeah, which means they won't win. Okay, so the Twins will win. Not good. Or the Royals. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. It's all about the about Sticks model. Um, Let's go to the NL East. Instead of just going team by team, let's just have a broad discussion about the division because I think all the teams, maybe aside from Miami, even though they made the playoffs last year, could you know theoretically win this thing. Um, what do you, who do you think the X factor, if you can give one player that's going to be the X factor for this division, who do you think it's going to be? Because there's so many stars in this division. I, th- I know what you're going to say. You're raising your hand cash. I got so go two. Ahead. I got oh, you two. Got two. Even I though do. I asked for just one. Okay. Fine. Yeah, X, Y factor. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, that dude's a freaking stud. I love that guy. I think yeah, I, I was an X factor. You didn't let me finish speaking. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, if he does not perform to what he's projected to perform to, the Braves will not win the division. He needs to be the centerpiece of that lineup at the top of the lineup, and they are building a team around him. Um, so he needs he needs to continue to to hit the cover off the baseball the entire season. <clears throat> but the XX factor, double X. Double X factor. Drum roll, please. Don't add another X to that. Nick Markakis. Okay. <laughs> well, well, Cash broke his computer Whoa. by drum Price. rolling. What? Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. <laughs> oh, did you not hear what I said? No. no. Oh, crap. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Harper. Okay. Um, I think that yep. the Phillies have an opportunity to, I don't know about win the division, but without a doubt, get a wild card. But he needs to hit for a higher average. He needs to get on base more and he needs to mash some home runs. You don't think 260 is good enough? That's what he's done the last two years. Said 260. I, last year was a joke. So I, I don't even count last year, but yeah. 2019, that, is that what he hit? In yeah, he hit 262 like the last two years. So that's not bad. I mean, obviously. I My threshold for a power hitter and maybe call me old fashioned, all right? But my threshold is like 270 if you're going to hit 35 or 40 home runs and not strike out 600 times. Not saying he did. Um, And I know over the last couple of years, and Scott, you can correct me if I'm wrong, he's had a phenomenal eye. Um, And that's something he needs to continue as well. And that's the same thing. The Phillies are building a team around him. They gave him, at the time, the biggest contract in Major League Baseball history. So he needs to fulfill his role, be the captain, be the all-star, be the leader, and I think they could they could do it. I, I think you're absolutely right, Cash, uh, with Harper being the X factor in this division. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about him being an NL MVP candidate, and I sure as hell he is. He's done it before. Um, he's done it before. He's got he's got so much shit in his entire career for being overrated. And at this point, he's become underrated. Like what he's done the last two years is incredible. He's carried the team when he's really had no help. Uh, he obviously has had JT Realmuto, um, but he was missing JT at the end of last year, um, and that's why they missed the postseason. 
I, yeah, I think he if he has an incredible year, the Phillies are going to be, you know, there and they could win the division because it's open. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler is as good of a one two punches as anybody. Um, this whole division is just as we've mentioned before, is it just incredible? I, you could honestly you could make the argument that the NL East might be the best division in all of like sports. Like you take any division out of any sport. Excuse me. The <laughs> NFC East is the best division <laughs> in sports. Yeah, maybe like 15 years ago when teams, they were good. but You could be so bad that you can make the playoffs in the NFC East. That's talent. <laughs> like, outside of Miami, they had a great year last year. But over 162, they're not going to sustain that. Um, Don't count out Jeter. The Nats, the Mets, as much as I hate it, and the Braves are all going to be right there. Like it stinks that we're we're back to shortened postseason number of teams because like all these somebody maybe two of these teams in this division are going to be are looking pretty sad at the end of the year when they've won eighty five to ninety games and they're they're sitting at home in October. Um, Is Harper incredible. your X factor? Yeah, I'll 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 take Harper because I I like Soto and Acuna are just like they're givens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So I'll, I'll take Harper as my X factor as well. Um, he's got to he's got to continue to carry this team. I'm gonna my X factor is gonna be the second guy you just mentioned, Juan Soto. In a 60 game season, Juan Soto led the National League in average, on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, and OPS plus. If he does that over 162 with the rotation that the Nationals have, I think the Nationals win the division. He's that good. He, when we talk about top five players in the game, a lot of people put Soto in that top five. So I think over the course of 162, if you extrapolate what he did last year, hit 13 word. home runs in 60 games, if he hits you know close to 40, hits 350, and he, uh, triple crown threat, I think the Nationals win the division. I think that you know everybody kind of forgets because they had such a miserable year last year that they won the World Series two years ago. Um, they still have Scherzer, who's getting up there, but he's still very productive. They have Strasburg. They have Corbin, who's looking to bounce back. Um, they have guys like Trey Turner. They have, you know, they have just they have so many different guys. If Soto can take the next step and to do what he did in 2020 in over 155 games in 2021, I think that's a slam dunk. Nationals win the division. I don't know if that's realistic because you know there's the peaks and valleys of a 162 season everyone's going to get into a big slump at some point and the braves are a very good team as well and the phillies and mets are going to are going to compete with that but i think you know soto could possibly be the guy if somebody's ever going to dethrone mike trout i think you put soto in Holy that category shit. with relax tatis and with relax and with bets i think he's on that level i think he's on that trout bets tatis level okay i agree he, he's so exciting to watch. He's a pain in the ass. Like when he comes up, I I just I sit on watching the game and I'm like, he's gonna hit a home run. It's gonna go outside of Citizens Bank Park. He's gonna break somebody's car window that's parked out, you know, in the parking lot. He's terrifying. Like every single time, I know he's gonna do damage. Um, just in the the Nationals in general, I just don't like anyone else outside of. Soto and Turner, like who else on that team, like really blows you away? Like, 
Josh Bell. Well, that's why that's why you can name him as the X Factor yeah, because they're going to go as long as he goes, as far as he takes them. I just don't think they have enough. Even if he has an MVP like year, I I just offensively I don't think they have enough to to win the division. I don't know. I don't like Schwarber. I don't like Josh Bell. Jan Gomes is blah. Like I don't know who's there. Uh, t- like anyone? Anyone gonna like say like who's gonna step up behind those two? Is what I'm trying to say. Josh Harrison. Good old Josh Harris. Oh man, that was that's why that that, but that makes that makes Soto even more important. Yeah, I I think you're right. I'm just saying, as a team in whole, I don't think they have enough to really make noise. They need Victor Robles to step up. Yeah, his diamond card is so good in the show. That's what I'm saying. Like, they got the (laughs) prospect card. Now, where's the real guy? Like, (laughs) hasn't panned out. He hasn't developed at all. No. All right. Ah, who's your um, X factor? Yeah, so I'm glad that I ended up going last with the person that I chose because it's not a player. Um, it's gonna be Steve Cohen because Okay. I think that the way this division is set Tyler's up Tyler's in love with Steve Cohen. I'm love not, him. I'm not. I, I just man crush on Steve Cohen. I love when like because there's such an infatuation with like celebrities and people with a lot of money and stuff. So like when those people like offer transparency to like the fans and the people that support them and allow them to hold that position by supporting their organization. I think that's really cool. And he's interacting with people. And that's why I bring up Steve Cohen a lot. Yeah. But here's the problem with Steve Cohen over the last few months, he's offered $700 billion in combined money and contracts. And nobody that's said what yes. The Mets to fans have been asking for. That's the thing. Yeah. But nobody said so, yes. That's the, that's the problem. Nobody like right, so, Lindor isn't, hasn't said yes yet to $325 million. Correct. Our said no to what? And 300 million himself. Springer said no to a buck 50. Like mm-hmm. he's offering the money. That's nice. That's something that Wilpon didn't do. The Mets are now having trouble with players saying, "Yeah, I'll willingly go play for the Mets." So we we talked we, about this. Can I finish my X factor? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm please, sorry. please. I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> Hold on. No, because it's this conversation is going the it's going in the right direction and kind of what I mean. I think the division is up for the city that gets their fan base behind them the most and really creates the hype behind their team and separates themselves from the rest. Because the top four teams in this division, I would say truly top three. If you want to put the Nats in there, fine. I think they're capable. But each one of these teams over the course of 162 can come out on top. So you need that level. And I could say the same thing for like Bryce Harper because he's got the ability to energize the entire city of Philadelphia if he wanted to. And if he wanted to go out there and really charge up the city, he could. Steve Cohen, there's a disconnect right now. 325 and 385, 10 years and 12 years. He's going to be a very happy man when Francisco Lindor signs his name on that dotted line for anything less than $400,000 or $400 million, $400 million for 12 years or whatever the heck it is. Any long-term deal, the Mets are going to make enough money to cover their asses. Steve Cohen needs to give the Mets fans exactly what they've been looking for and just meet Lindor where Lindor is asking and get everybody on board. You're going to get all the Mets fans that say, no, contract is way too much money. This is ridiculous. And they're, they're always going to be upset. But a majority of the Mets fans just want to win. The Wilpons didn't throw money. Steve Cohen has the opportunity to take a very talented Mets team as it is, lock in their centerpiece for the next decade and say, let's do this. And this is the year to start it. So I don't know. I think he, he him and his checkbook 
hold a lot of leverage and have the potential to be an X factor for the Mets this year. There's some sort of disconnect going on, and Glenn was right. Um, wow, you said this twice on today's <laughs> show. Oh my it's god, not good. Not this is my favorite disaster. episode so far. But but for real, and and I'm not trolling because it's the Mets. I truly like they're irrelevant to me. I do not care. However, why hasn't he? Like, it's another two years and a few hundred more million dollars. Right, sixty more million. Not even. Six, not six, even. It's sixty thousand. So, that there oh, is yeah, sixty million. There is zero reason why he's not signed yet. I I don't get it. And Ty, you keep saying there's transparency. We're missing something large. Yeah, but what is it? I don't like, know. But there's there's I and Scott said this in the group chat the other day. I think it might be a little too transparent. I don't need the owner going about tweeting about things that I said no to. Or, or tweeting about things that happened in our conversation, or tweeting about things just to butter me up. I don't, I don't need that. It's all widely known, though. That's the thing. But it doesn't matter. It's widely known, but not out of the owner's mouth. Yeah, yeah I point. think it's, I think it's different when it's Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan tweeting out like things are going wrong in these negotiations, than compared to Steve Cohen saying, "There's no conversation happening right now." Like. That's concerning. Yeah. And for the the clock is ticking. Like we're we're only so many hours away from from opening day. And you know, he's not signed, and there's an opportunity that he's gonna walk at the end of this year. And obviously, yes, that there's guys that are gonna be available as well in Trevor Story, Javi Baez, Corey Seeger, Carlos Correa, but like they've had all this time to get their guy. Like they went out and they traded prospects for him. They traded him at him and Ennis. They traded Rosario. They traded pitching prospects to, for this to be their guy, to be to the, the saving grace to the, the Mets fans. Like, and they haven't gotten it done. I think cash is right. There, there's something going on there where there's not a complete buy-in by Lindor and his team. Is there a reason why, I mean, obviously we're not in the room, but is there a reason why they made this trade in December? Why why are the negotiations happening now six, seven hours before opening day? Why weren't they I, happening in December? We're missing something huge. Yeah, it, I, it sh- I truly like this should have happened an hour after he was the trade was finalized. Yeah, it should have been a part of the trade, was the contract negotiations. And and maybe it's and my guess is it's on Lindor's side. He might have wanted to see what Steve Cohen was going to do throughout the offseason to say, who, who are you going to put around me? And he didn't do anything, not for lack of trying, but nothing landed. The The Bauer thing did not land. Uh, I know they offered um, Springer. And uh, who, who am I thinking of? Real Muto? The big maple. James Paxton. Yep. They offered him money and he declined. <laughs> Thank you. They offered him money and he declined. Um there's we're missing something large and and i think that the the transparency from steve cohen is real but it's also compensating for something that he's hiding because there's no reason why this should not have happened as soon as the trade went down there is a reason though is because lindor wasn't willingly traded to the like he didn't willingly sign with the mets like that's not how he ended up there so like but wasn't neither was bets and he signed Right away. Fine, fine. But the Dodgers, and you can't compare the Dodgers and the Mets situations right now. 
Why? The Dodgers are perennial winners, and the Mets are not at the moment. But like, but but, but the Mets, like the Mets, have pieces. Like they're not on paper. Yeah, but they're the, not the a bad team. The situation's no different than it is the day he signed and today. They haven't played a game yet. They went through spring training. That's it. Like, but Tyler, and and I'm not arguing with you, and I'm I'm just getting passionate because this drives me nuts. What what did Lindor say? He said he would like to sign a long-term extension before the season starts or he's testing free agency. If Steve Cohen hands him a paper that says 12 years, $385 million in August, you saying, you're saying he's not going to sign his name on that paper? I don't know. I'm not there. I think but it's at that point, he, he, at that at, point, at that point probably not. not. He because might also feel disrespected at this point. But that's if his right, playing, and that also that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the Mets. I'm not. This saying is a guy that chooses where he Mets. wants to go work. Like let I'm him. Not go, let him choosing, choose. I'm not saying there's something wrong with the Mets. There's something we're missing from this, from these contract negotiations that truly I don't understand. Do you think that this could have a ripple effect into the season? Lindor goes into the year. He feels that the process or the negotiations were like he felt disrespected by it because he didn't get his he didn't get the number he wanted. Cohen was talking on Twitter. And then all of a sudden during the season, during the summer, the Mets Lindor's playing for the Mets, but both sides don't necessarily like each other. Do you think that could be a problem as we go no. into the summer months? I mean, it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. I think Why? that's going I think that could happen I with th- Cray and the Astros, too. I just think the media, like, and and I don't want to go on this media tirade again, but like, you'd love to though. I just feel no, I it's things get blown out of proportion. I feel like we can all agree on that. Like things okay. become a much bigger deal than they are. And Cash is saying we're missing something. We could be missing something extremely positive. Cohen could have literally handed him the piece of paper that said ten years, three hundred twenty-five million dollars. Say, hey, Francisco, we want you here in New York. This is what I'm willing to offer you today. I know you don't want to negotiate during the year. Fine. And then Francisco says, yeah, we'll revisit it at the end of the year. I'm not really in that ballpark. Let's go Mets. Like, it could totally be, like, as You're right. as that. You're right. However. I don't if, think that's how athletes think, though. But it I, is. They're humans. They're normal people. Because he can get hurt tomorrow, and he's not getting that money. Yeah, but he, he could also God get forbid, offered that 400. Oh, God. He could get offered that 400. I'm a huge huge Francisco Lindor fan. I really enjoy watching him play. And I, he's got the swag that baseball needs. God forbid he tears his ACL tomorrow. He's not getting that $400 million contract. So if he's if he's got the contract that he wanted in the situation that he wanted, he's signing right now. So there is something we're missing. Yeah, and it's a $60 million I, difference in two years. But that doesn't make sense to me. Of course it does. He Lindor wants the – Lindor is getting $60 million extra. Steve Cohen is paying him $60 million extra. That's not my point. That is $60 million. That's you don't not make my a point. decision and say, you know what? I have a lot. So you know what? You can have $60 That's million. not my point. The point is if Steve Cohen is willing to pay $325 million, I think he throw he should throw in the $60 million to get his star player to sign long-term. But we're the, we're the same people that were toying with the fact of giving Garrett Cole the extra year the extra two years and saying like, but they did oh, it. it might not be that yeah, smart. So why are you it. faulting Steve Cohen, but they for did it. being careful right now with an extra two years and $60 million. Because it's we he's got to be consistent that. with it. That's all I'm saying. See, he traded no. assets to get them. I'm not saying he doesn't want to sign them. I'm just saying like, 
is a very strong possibility that it's not a big deal or as negative as everybody's making it out to be. It's only been news. All right, so listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say something, all right? I know that you're very anti-media. Not anti-media. You I'm are. Just, you're anti-media. I just believe that it puts a, They a do blow on everything out of proportion. I get that. However, they're they're part of the game. Like they're they're part of the reason why these athletes get paid so much money. So they're what they Fair. say, obviously you can't trust every word they say, but a lot of it you can. So the fact of the matter is there's something that that Steve Cohen's tweeting and Ken Rosenthal isn't. Like that bothers me. And I don't know if that bothers Francisco Lindor or not. I, he didn't pick up my phone call. I don't know. But all I know is that when he's tweeting that, oh, conversations are going swell. I really hope he signs. Like to me, that's that that's kind of weird. But you can't tell tone through a tweet. Why no, would an owner not say the words "I hope he signs," especially after giving the prospects away? Why are you well, assuming Cohen tweets? Cohen's going to tweet, "Oh, I hope he signs. He seems like a great guy." And then Lindor's camp's like, "Okay, then give me the money that I want if you want me so bad." The difference is though, everyone evaluates Steve Cohen's Twitter account as if he's trying to build entertainment value when his sole purpose is probably to just connect with Mets fans. He's not trying to build a brand on social media. Yeah, and the That's Mets just a fans, cog to his multi-billion dollar organization. I think the Mets fans are getting tired of it. I thought and it they're going to turn, turn on him real quick. Not if they win. That's the thing. Uh, uh, but if Lindor's gone next season, the fans are going to turn on him so fast. Serious question, Ty. I don't know. What if John Mara started tweeting how, oh, I really hope Saquon, or I shouldn't use that tone because we don't know how his tone is, but she tweets out, I really hope Saquon Barkley signs with us for the rest of his life. He should be a giant for the rest of his life, right? He's saying, he's not going to go out and tweet, oh, we're probably going to get rid of Saquon Barkley after this season because we don't want to pay him, right? Yeah, but he's, it's also unfair to call tweet. Steve Cohen a failure for not signing a guy that I didn't, might not want to be there. How I is he supposed to know that he doesn't want to stay there I didn't call him a failure. I just said there's a disconnect. They, but he doesn't deserve all, for Mets fans to turn on him is the point. The Mets fans turned on uh, Wilpons. They turned on Wilpons yeah, for many things. But is, a big, reason, a big as, thing that the Mets, the Mets fans destroyed the Wilpons because they didn't sign Daniel Murphy after that playoff run that he went on. If they don't sign Francisco Lindor, they're going to destroy – they're going to bully him off Twitter yeah, for the Tyler, second time. The group of Tyler. fans are wrong, not Steve Cohen. So the four of us shouldn't sit here in a podcast giving shit to an owner of six months because he can't sign a guy long-term because the guy has no attachment to New York to begin with. doesn't matter. It's no, a I think we, I think we have. I think, like, I think we have every right to do that because he's tried on three separate occasions to get Springer, Bauer, and now Lindor, and he's coming up short every time. But that's not a reflection on him. Why? It has to. He's the one negotiating. Twenty nine other teams and twenty nine other destinations that but players can choose to go play he's for. He's the owner, right? He needs to close the sale. Exactly. And he cannot close the sale. He's been getting his foot in the door because he's got the money, and that's great. And honestly, I'm not faulting Cohen, but there's a disconnect in the Mets organization that they cannot close the door. The they guy's cannot- been in his job for six months. He's never owned a professional baseball team in his life. Okay. He's a rookie at what he is currently doing. That's correct. He's got Sandy Alderson there who's been a baseball lifer. Of course. But he hasn't gotten anything done. But we can't sit here and go after Steve Cohen. I'm not going after Steve Cohen. I'm saying there's a disconnect in the Mets organization. He just happens to be the owner. But there's something. First of all, it's wild to me that all these allegations that have gone on in the Mets, that's going to mean something. For these signees. Hey, that's one. Okay? And that has to come down to Sandy Alderson because he's the only common denominator. No, Sandy the, Alderson, I'm fine with giving flat. The, the guy's established and he's been in there for a while and he's 
in a position to take some criticism, but Steve Cohen just forked over three point whatever billion dollars for this team. Okay. But I'm give not him some time. Like it's I'm, like if he botches okay, this, that's fine. You like, want to give him time. That's fine. But you're going to lose out on Lindor. So that's what's going to happen because he wanted to be signed already. And the fact that he hasn't been signed already is a fucking smack in the face. Can we talk about wa- why it would be a colossal? F- I mean, yes, it would be very disappointing to not sign Francisco Lindor long term. But you say you gave away prospects. The centerpiece of that deal was Ahmed Rosario, who is now playing below on the depth chart a guy that came over in the very same deal as him and plays the same position. How disappointing could it possibly be? Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez is what you're losing out on. All right. I'm gonna, it's not I'm, that disappointing. Disapp- one question, I, one more question. And then I, I I'm exhausted. The topic. Okay. One more question. Okay. If, if Francisco Lindor plays this season with the Mets, which obviously he's about to, mm-hmm. and he does not resign and he goes elsewhere. What is that saying to other star shortstops like Carlos Correa or or Trevor Story, who the Mets are going to try and go get? Literally, all it says is you don't think they talk not for Francisco Lindor. You don't think they talk? What? You don't think they talk? Yeah, but they know everybody knows the information already. They're not just having this conversation now. Everybody knows what the sentiment about the Mets are around the league. If you're a player, there's things that we, we don't, don't know, know because there's a disconnect between us and the players. There's things the that we don't know. There's things that we don't know. So the fact of the matter is there are things going on in the Mets organization that people don't like. What it is, I don't know. But there's something going on and the that and Steve Cohen needs to fix it. And I'm not saying it's his fault, but he needs to come in and fix it. And no, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be a six-month thing. But what, what could be done is him signing this guy long-term. And that's the first step to fixing the issue because he's the clubhouse guy and he's the leader you need. I agree. But under the same premise, I'm just – you're saying there's something wrong, so you're automatically – you're saying there's – we're missing some information – so something has to be wrong. But for something to be wrong, you have to point a finger at somebody. So why are we pointing fingers at somebody that we don't even know the reason to be true? Because until there's a reason, until I'm well, told. We can't bash people in the public light like this and post it on the internet without actually understanding what the thing is. We're not that attacking his character. We're I'm just saying he hasn't closed anybody. the deal on a free agent yet. But he's yeah, but- swung and missed on three free agents. He said he was unfully intended. He hasn't done it. So. We're not saying he's a bad effort, person. Though. We're not attacking his character or his reputation. We're just saying he did that give the effort, and I'm not saying that we're, we're just a bad saying guy or a bad that owner. they went after Bauer, Springer, and Lindor, and offered close to a billion dollars, and nobody has said yes to him. And that's something that can that should raise an eyebrow. I don't think that's a bad thing to say. Okay, it's fair. Right. There's just a lot more about New York. Also, um, that, like. Let's let's uh, let's quickly um, talk about who we think going to win the division. Um, the Mets on the field, I think that just real quick, I think that they obviously have Degrom and they have the great lineup. I think after that, I think their pitching is very suspect. Uh, Stroman talks a big game, never really has been able to back it up. We'll see what Syndergaard does when he comes back. Um, other Carrasco's hurt. I, I just think the Mets have a lot of problems. Batances is sitting at 90 miles an hour. Edwin Diaz has had problems for years. So I think the Mets' downfall this year is going to be they're pitching unless in July they acquire someone to shore up that rotation behind um, behind Jacob Degrom. 
overall, I think the Braves are the best team in this division. They have the best roster. They almost made it to the World Series. They collapsed, lost, lost a three to one series lead to the Dodgers. I think they repeat as champions of the division. And I think that I think that the a, one of the wild card teams is going to go to an NL East team, whether it's the Nationals, Mets, or Phillies. I'm not sure. I'll lean towards the Phillies as I'm just thinking aloud right now. I like that, Glenn. I, I do agree with you there, too. Uh, it's still the Braves' division to lose. Uh, they were very, very close to the World Series. They were, what, an inning, inning and a half away from going to the World Series before the Dodgers came roaring back. Um, at this point for the Phillies, it's it's put up or shut up time. Uh, Bryce has to carry them. JT's got to have a great year. Reese Hoskins has to take a step. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler need to pitch very well. And, you know, we all know how bad the bullpen was last year. They can't be any worse, so it can only be better. Um, so I'm taking the Phillies as a second-place team and making a wild card. Uh, and losing to the Padres, probably. <laughs> probably, but you know what? I'll take that. I will take a postseason appearance at this point. Uh, Mets third, Nats fourth, and Marlins fifth. Are you guys cool down? You guys want to give your predictions? Uh, I'm good. I, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I just made my point. I'm going to go Braves, Nationals. Nope. Braves, Nationals, Phillies, Mets, Marlins. Nationals I'm, get the wild card? Yeah. Okay, go. Interesting. Um, Braves, Mets, Phillies, Nationals, Marlins. Mets wild card? Yes. Great. Okay. We made it to the ALEs, guys. We did it. Didn't think we'd get there. We finally did. Um, We're here. Yankees, clear-cut favorite in this division, in my opinion. The Rays are the defending champs and the defending AL champs. But everyone talks about... I've, I've been watching a lot of MLB Network over the last couple of weeks, and I've listened to a lot of radio. And everyone, when they talk about the Rays, they're like, oh, don't count out the Rays. They always, they always win. They always figure it out. At some point, it, 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 you're not going to figure it out. And losing Blake Snell... And losing Charlie Morton, those are two big guys to lose. And it's even worse when you replace them with Michael Waka, who is not what he was when he was a Cardinal in the beginning of the, his career, and Chris Archer, who's completely lost himself. Um, if they figure it out, I'll throw my hands up and say, you know what? God bless the Tampa Bay Rays. I just don't think that's a possibility right now. I think that the book is out on Randy Arozarena. He's not going to do what he did in October over the course of a six month season. I'm not saying he won't be good. I think that, you know, just like any player, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. I just think the talent level on that roster in Tampa Bay doesn't match Toronto's and the Yankees Toronto. I think they're a very good team. And I think next year, if they can swing an ACE in the off season, or maybe even at the trade deadline, I think then as a Yankee fan, you can actually really be, you know, somewhat concerned about them as a threat, to win the division. But until then, I think that the Yankees are just the best team in the division. You know, hopefully this is the year that they all stay healthy for the most part. They're going to be losing. They're going to miss Voight and Britain and Wilson for the beginning, beginning of the part of the season. They'll all of them will probably be back by May. So that's not the end of the world. Nobody's out until August until this point. Um, if they can stay healthy, clear cut, best team in the division, best team in the American league, and then you got teams like Baltimore and Boston who are still trying to figure it out. I think Baltimore is years and years away, maybe a half decade away. And then the Red Sox, you, know, you never know what they can decide to spend money one day. 
and they could be right back up there, but right now they're not. So I definitely think that, you know, this is going to be the Yankees division this year. Yeah, no be. reason not to believe yeah, that. No reason not to. And I think I think you're right on the Blue Jays. I think they're still a pitcher away. Um, if Nate Pearson steps up and has a, has a really good year, the kid's got all the stuff in the world uh, to be an ace at this uh, level. Um, but their pitching is just not there yet. I think they're going to miss Springer to start out the year as well uh, with the oblique. And that's an injury that can kind of hang around all year long. So, uh, also, they're not going to be in Toronto right away. That's going to really, that's going to bother them. I mean, did it is, or is it? They kind of embraced it last year um, and used it to their advantage playing up in Buffalo. Um, yeah, there's no expanded playoffs, though. I mean, they were the eighth seed, they just yeah. barely got in. But I think they're better this year with Springer. So if Springer can come back healthy, he's going to be a factor. Um, I agree the Rays are worse. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they came in fourth behind the Red Sox. I, I The Red Sox are another team that they don't pitch, but they're going to hit again. Like they have guys that are capable of driving the ball out of the ballpark. Um, and then the Orioles are, you know, in oblivion right now, which stinks because it's a good baseball town. It's a great stadium. They have great fans, um, but they're still paying Chris Davis. And as long as they're paying Chris Davis, I think they're going to be uh, awful. So um, there's no reason the Yankees shouldn't run away with this division um, and be in the ALCS. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with this division. Yeah. I mean, it, I agree. There's really, I mean, not unfortunately for Yankee fans, but there's not, there shouldn't be too much competition, but you know, there will be mm-hmm. uh, something will happen. Somebody will get hurt um, and it'll come down to the wire. Um, but you know, Toronto is not that far away. Uh, that's the only team that really kind of concerns me as a Yankee fan. Um, the race suck. Um, and that's, that's Boston and Baltimore. I mean, it, it, irrelevant to me. Okay. Irrelevant. Up on the top left of my screen. Um, I don't. Is that me? Yep. Yeah, that's you. I would assume so. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Yankees one, Blue Jays two. I'm gonna go Red Sox three, Orioles last, Rays in fourth. All I right. forgot who the last team was, so that's why I said <laughs> Orioles last. Um, Cash, you're not going Red Sox second place this year. No. No, okay. You learned from your mistake last year. Thanks. Um, Also, bet the Orioles tomorrow. Who are they playing? They're playing the Red Sox at Fenway against Nate Evaldi. It's John Means versus Nate Evaldi. Baltimore plus 150. I'm not allowed to do that, but you guys can. This is true. (laughs) So... Um, okay, so we all are all in agreement that it's going to be the Yankees. So let's let's go let's go through and do some playoff predictions. So, um, so we have the Yankees winning the East. All of us. We have the Braves winning the East in the NL side. I took the White Sox. We all took the White Sox in the Central, right? Yes. And in the Central and the National League side, I picked. We all picked the Cardinals, right? I believe so. It's a lot of chalk. We all picked the Dodgers. Um, in the West, I think I took. Did I say I took Oakland, I believe. I think you did. I took the Angels. Okay. And what did you two pick? You pick you guys pick I, I know I, say I picked Houston. I think I said Angels. I think I think you're right. Okay, so who do we think our pennant winners are? I'm taking the White Sox. 
and the, and the Braves. I think it's the year for the Braves to uh, take that step. Uh, Go Braves. It all depends on kind of how that – well, that seating, the Dodgers and the Padres are going to take each other out mm-hmm. potentially based if the Padres or whoever – you know, wins that wild card series. So that opens up the door for the Braves um, on the opposite side of the bracket. Um, Freeman's reigning MVP. As Cash said, Acuna's got to, you know, be the guy. He should be. He's got 40-40 potential. Um, so, yeah, uh, Braves and White Sox. What do you guys got? Pennant winners. Yankees, Dodgers. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy, but. Yankees, Sexy Dodgers. All right, so three people. I also have Yankees Dodgers. So we got Scott being different. Good for him. Um, doing <laughs> White Sox very, Braves. Very realistic. Um, and then the three of us have Yankees Dodgers. All right. I think I know who we're all going to pick, the three of us, to win the World Series. Who do we think is going to win the World Series? We'll start with Scott because he has the different matchup. I'm going to take the Braves. The Braves. I'm gonna take the Braves. It, it kind of hurts to say that, but like they're super good. And like I'd honestly, be rich. Like, like personally, like I want the Phillies to win the World Series, but like realistically, I know that's not really the play this year. Um, I don't know. I just I like the Braves. They're always competitive. Um, they're just loaded, and they're just a, they're an organization, a, a winning organization, like from top to bottom. First guy in that organization to the bottom last minor leaguer. They seem to know how to win, so that's why I'm going to pick them. Uh, I got the Yankees winning the World Series because I pick the Yankees every single year to win the World Series, and eventually I'll be right. But seriously, though, I think if it's not this year, it's when because they're they're the clearly they're the best team in the American League, and in 2022, you would think the White Sox were going to improve and get get close to the Yankees. You think the Blue Jays would do the same thing? So this is really the year where the Yankees have hate to say clear path, but you know clear path to the world series. I think they should at the very worst make it there. And then I think that, you know, if Severino's back to being Severino by that time and you do Cole Severino, if Kluber's who he used to be, I think that's the, that can challenge the Dodgers rotation. And, you know, I'm hoping that's happening. And I hope that I think that's going to happen. I think the Yankees win the world series. Uh, can't I pick think... against them. Go ahead, Ty. No, I said I can't pick against them. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Yankees, and if they don't win the World Series, serious changes need to be made. If the Yankees don't win the World Series, then Dave Gettleman needs to get fired. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Cash's face is really funny. I hate this place. <laughs> I just bet uh, the Yankees to win the World Series at plus 550. All right, cool. I hope you're right. I hope you win money. I hope so, too. I've done it every year um, so far. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do MVP Cy Young. My MVPs, I'm going to do Glaber in the American League because that's just who I am as a person. Um, and I do Juan Soto in the NL. Uh, my Cy Youngs are Cole and DeGrom. I think I hate to be the New York chalk guy, but... That's, no, you don't. <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. It's my it's what I do best. So I Cole and DeGrom for Cy Young, Soto and Torres in MVPs. Um... Go ahead, Doc. Mike Trout. <laughs> really on a limb there. It's you have to pick Mike Trout. He's been, he's been top five every year since 2011, so it's kind of hard not to say him. Ooh, ooh my God! Nolan Arenado. 
Okay, I like that pick. A little wild card. Why not? Do you put money on all these, or are you just having fun? Uh, I've honestly, ne- I pride myself on being an, a smart sports better, but I've never placed money on Mike Trout to win the AL MVP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the safe, probably one of the safest bets in all of sports, and you haven't taken it. Uh, I'm doing it right now. I'm kind of right there with you with Trout. Like, it's kind of like he's not the MVP until he's the MVP, but I'm also kind of a guy that argues. Well, he hasn't been the MVP. He wasn't the MVP last year. Yeah, but he is the MVP. But it's because the it's the whole, if you don't make the playoffs, you know, can you really be the MVP? And I kind of, I lean towards that sometimes because like I want. I I do as well. I want to say Soto, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So I'm going to pick my homer pick and say Harper in the uh, national league um al um i'll just say trout i'm gonna be boring there like i'm just gonna do it it kind of deflates my argument for not saying juan soto but i'm gonna do it and say with conviction mike trout al mvp shohei otani's plus 800 i don't want to talk to you today he's terrible (laughs) We were all at the office watching him pitch. We were like, this guy sucks. But I digress. Cash, who do you think is going to win? Don Carlos Stanton in the AL. Ooh, okay. And Ronald Acuna Jr. in the NL. Awesome. Do you have Cy Youngs for me? Scott, did you do Cy Youngs? I don't think I gave you Cy Youngs either. Did you say something? Oh, my God. You guys need to listen to me. (laughs) He went too fast. Cash, Um, give yours. Jacob DeGrom until it's not. Um, And in the AL... Cole, Giolito, Glass now. I I know this went against what I said before, but I'm going to go Shane Bieber. You think he proves you wrong? Back to back. I think he proves me wrong. Listen, you do not. I haven't won a bet in like a month. So, yeah, I'm going Shane Bieber. All right, Cy Young's. Uh, I'm going to take Blake Snell in the National League. And he's going to become one of the few guys that's wanted in both leagues. I think he's going to be pissed off this year mm-hmm. um, and go on a little revenge tour. He's got the you know the offensive production to help him out. Um, I think he's going to have a monster year. So Blake Snell in the NL. It rhymes. Um, AL, I mean, it's got to be Cole, right? Like, Yeah. First full, full season in New York. Um he had a good year last year, but Bieber had an even better year. And if the Yankees are going to succeed and go deep, it's going to be because, you know, Garrett Cole pitches lights out and he's capable of that. So Cole and Snell. All right, Stick. What are your size? It's going to be thrilling, I know. Oh, Cole and DeGrom. They're just, all right. I, I, They're just the best. Cole had, <laughs> let me give my reasoning though, because Cole, I just feel like. Giolito and Bieber are the only competition and there's still more to be proven from them. And then DeGrom, for the same reason that Mike Trout is my AL MVP pick, he's the Cy Young until he's not. Like, we have an aging Scherzer, Bauer off a possible fluke Cy Young, you Darvish off a possible Mickey second Mouse, they would say Cy Young. And then, I don't know, I feel like Blake Snell, honestly, and I, that's a good shout. How about Scott? the Braves like guy? How about like Soroka or Freed or any of those guys? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Free Bieber and Giolito for me. Maybe not Giolito, but Bieber. All right. All right. 
that's the, so those are our official season predictions and awards predictions. So that's so we'll bring this tape back at the end of September and we'll see if we're right. So that's exciting. Before we sign this off, I wanted to talk about my Instagram polls for a second. Last night I was very bored. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who loves movies. That's like his thing. He's a movie guy. Um, so I thought I'd put up some polls on baseball movies because opening day was coming up and that's what I did. So the first one I put up were my top two. I didn't do it like March Madness where it's a one seed versus 16 seed. I did. I, I, the first poll I did was my two favorite. And then the rest I thought were like comparable movies. So Moneyball and the Sandlot, 95 people voted, which is a lot for you know my Instagram. So the Sandlot got 67% of the vote. Now I know Cash loves this movie, but I kind of agree with this poll because it's not I love Moneyball, Cash. I want I just want to say that I love that movie. But like when it comes to baseball movies, I'll always lean on the side of like children and this nostalgia of the movie than the corporate GM side. I don't know if that's fair or not. You're missing the point of Moneyball. Okay. Tell me the point of Moneyball. You you watch this cold dad who mm-hmm. happens to look like me by the way oh yeah um uncanny um kind of warm up to his daughter as no i totally see that start totally winning. Understand. the as last scene child the last scene is perfect when he's driving in the car to the song that's tremendous yeah, yeah. The child. but i just feel like you know i just feel like there's a nostalgic story of the sandlot with the kids playing i, I just that does it for well me i mean you can does. think what you want but your your opinion's wrong okay you, you said I was right twice today, and you said I was wrong once. So that's a plus one. It's a win for, for you. It's a win for me today. Unless you say I'm wrong from now and when I officially sign off. Do, what do you guys think? Sandlot, Moneyball. Uh, Sandlot is my second favorite movie of all time. So I voted for Sandlot. In it's your the poll. first. Uh, Space Jam. Okay. The original, okay. obviously. Second mm-hmm. one hasn't come out yet, and it's going to ruin it all. But uh, And I have a bunch of Sandlot shirts. Mm. Um it's an incredible movie, you know. Oh, I'm not. I'm not, I don't want to downplay the Sandlot. The only scene I only the scene I can't watch is when they go to the carnival and they take the chew and they go on the tilt a whirl. <sighs> so good. I Fourth turn, of July scene's incredible. Oh, I have to turn away from that movie. one. That one gets me. But ah, wonderful what movie. What do you got, Stick? Um. Well, my I don't know. I've never seen Space Jam, by the way. Really? Never. I don't know why or That's how. Well, I, mean, I know why because I don't. Pretty pathetic, movies. actually. Go watch Space Jam tonight. Possibly. You won't regret it. I have to watch Kong vs. Godzilla tonight with my dad. Interesting. That's why I'm kind of lengthening the show because I kind of don't want to. But like <laughs> Sandlot or Moneyball Stick, what do you got? Um, Sandlot because Sandlot and Angels in the Outfield are one one or one A one B of my. Uh, we'll get to Angels in the movies. Outfield later. Yeah. So I already know what you voted on for that one. I actually Next. did not. I voted the wrong one for that. Oh, you really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I got major league versus little big league. Again, kind of my same reasoning, you know, the kid aspect of it. I think little big league is very cute. Um, I think major league's funny, but like I'll, I'd rather watch little big league than major league. Major league. I'm with you, Glenn. You're wrong. You're with major me, league. Ty? Oh, yeah. Little big league and angels in the outfield and the sandlot. Like all those movies are fantastic. Major league's funny. Right next, I got this. Was kind of my hot take. Um, Field of Dreams. By the way, uh, Major League won my Instagram poll. Um, I got Field of Dreams against a League of Their Own. I actually like a League of Their Own better, but Field of Dreams got sixty percent of this vote. Uh, I know Field of Dreams is considered like probably a lot of people will say it's the best baseball movie, 
but I just think a league of their own is just like a different take on baseball from, you know, obviously a female's perspective. And I just think that's different. I liked it. Um, and obviously Tom Hanks is in it, does a great job. Um, Field of Dreams, other than that one great scene about they will come if you build it, other than that, you know, I kind of forget about it. But what do you guys think? I'm with you um, again. Field of Dreams sticks out more to me. I think Field of Dreams is phenomenal. A League of Their Own is a very good movie. But uh, in my mind, Field of Dreams has a little bit heavier of a weight. I agree, Scott. So me and Tyler think A League of Their Own. What are your lasting impressions of A League of Their Own? Sorry. I just like the story of it and nothing like stuck out to me about Field of Dreams for some reason. I don't know why. Like I watched it and I was like, was I supposed to just be watching Field of Dreams, like the Field of Dreams that everybody else is talking about? And I just didn't like it. I don't know. I might rewatch it and see if I feel the same way, but it, it just didn't grab me for some reason. I don't know why. Are we getting the Field of Dreams game this year? In Iowa, is it happening? I think, I think we are. Is it Yankees? I, I think, think it's Yankees. I think it's year. Yankees White Sox. Well, that's so, both team, both two best teams in the American League. That should be fun. Yeah, I think Ty, you should go watch a movie before that game happens. I've seen it. I just want to go watch it again. Watch it again. Yeah. Right. Um, the next one was a blowout, and I kind of saw it being a blowout. I wanted to get. I couldn't figure out how to take one of these movies and like comp it with another one, so I just put, picked a movie based on one singular major league player. That was Forty Two and the Babe, obviously Babe Ruth and Jackie Robinson. 42 won by a lot. Um, 42 is much more real and much more deep and dark. Um, the Babe is kind of a tongue-in-cheek, kind of not really a f- serious biography about Babe Ruth. So 42 won by a lot. I'm sure you guys all agree. Yes, I had only seen that one, so I voted for that one. Okay, great. <laughs> um, the next one was probably the biggest controversy on here. Got a lot of feedback from this. The Benchwarmers beats Bad News Bears 60-40. Um, I go back and forth on this one. Benchwarmers is very quotable and very, very funny. But, you know, so is Bad News Bears. So what do we think about this comp- this contest? There's no contest. There's no contest? No. Benchwarmers wins. Benchwarmers wins? Yeah, I voted Benchwarmers. Did you... Were you basing it off of the original Bad News Bears or the remake of Bad News Bears? Uh, the original. I think I have the remake poster on here, though. Okay. Yeah, I picked Benchwarmers. I've seen it more. Than I've okay. seen. Not a fan. It's a really funny movie. It's it's a, it's amazing. And Loki has a nice message about anti-bullying. So that's nice. Next, what do I got? I got 61. The whole scene that we were just quoting is such bullying. <laughs> but it's an anti-bully at the end. At the end. And they have all that's the fair. kids okay. no, like that, play the, on the, the big field. The scene I'm quoting is like the last scene of the movie. Yeah. When they, the him, yeah. when they ask him, when they ask him what they think about the moon, not a fan <laughs> with the sunscreen, uh, 61 and bull Durham. I pick 61 because it's about the Yankees and you know, the rest this of it is where... 57 to 43. I, I, I lost interest after the fourth one. I okay. That's keep fine. Going. That's fine. Do you guys have anything to say? I've never I seen bull... either. Okay. I did bull Durham cause I've seen bull Durham and I haven't right, seen 61. Right. I haven't seen either of them either. Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield won on my Instagram poll 60-40. I hate Rookie of the Year. I Why? burn hatred. I think, because I think you're the, jealous of the kid? I think the kid is unbearably stupid and annoying. Just me. I thought you were Irritating. all oh, pro-kid. You know, no. it's cute. Oh, Angels in the Outfield's more pro-kid. It's about two orphans who I get adopted at the movie. end. It's such a good movie. Can you so confirm that I voted for Rookie of the Year by accident, please? Yeah, I could. I could change that. I, I can't change, change it, it. But in my, in my I just mind. want to know if I actually did. <laughs> oh, you want me to check? Let's see what you check. Yeah, it's not going down in my like permanent record or anything. 
you chose rookie of the year by accident by accident terrible mistake probably one of my worst all time wow what do you think scott uh neither one holds a whole lot of memory in my mind okay i've seen both but i i voted rookie of the year just because it's more i don't know it's more uh it's more in your head yeah it's more in my head okay yes but insignificant that's it that does it that was a fun way to end it about fever pitch fever pitch It's fine. I don't like Jimmy Fallon. It's not even because the movie is about the Red Sox being the Yankees in 04. I just don't like Jimmy Fallon at all. So it's what it is. Did I miss any movies? Any other baseball movies stand out to you guys? Moneyball. Moneyball? Okay. Was Airboat a baseball movie? I feel like you missed one, actually. No, I missed a ton. I just, I was late at night. It was like one in the morning. I didn't want to do every single baseball movie. Yeah. I I thought it was a good poll, Glenn. I I think you appreciate it. First thing I did this morning, actually. Oh, you are a saint. Thank you for that. Um, unless we have any other final thoughts about the season coming up tomorrow, opening day, I will sign off. So I'm also going to give you props for your Instagram because normally when you write in the group chat, Hey, go peep my ex Insta story (laughs) or Twitter. It's usually stupid. You complaining about something (laughs) and it wasn't. (laughs) I'm just praying it doesn't rain tomorrow because there's a lot of rain in the forecast. Um, So baseball gods and God and whatever you believe in, no rain tomorrow. I agree a thousand percent. Um, unless Cash has something to ruin oh, my outro, I'm gonna go. I got nothing. Um, you have to go to the bathroom, right? I really gotta. Pee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so everybody, thanks for listening. Enjoy opening day tomorrow. It's gonna be a fun season, a fun six months of baseball, and we will be there the entire time from opening day tomorrow to the World Series. And I'm gonna keep keep going. So Cash has <laughs> just drip, 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 drip. Um. That'll do it for this episode for Alex Cashman, who's getting up of his chair and leaving for Tyler Boomstick for Scott Roswell. Enjoy opening day and we'll see you next week.